Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. The podcast is supported and produced by Interbalance Psychology Center. We would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Rafaela, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Don Rafa. Joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Anthony Nana. How's it going? Welcome back. Thank you. Episode uh, 16, make a comeback. Yeah, well, it was... A, welcome it was, back. Welcome back. It's just a, a one episode sabbatical, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that was pretty ironic when that I just needed a break from the podcast, I was like, all right, don't have to think about the podcast. And guess what happened? Just different ideas for the podcast came mind because I wasn't really thinking about it or trying to think about it, it is kind of being organic. Just mm-hmm. walking around or there or just driving and I'm like, hey, it's probably a good idea. Or just I'm watching a video and then so, you know, I made a list and I'm like, you know what? I got some good ideas and I wouldn't mind getting spit on if I'm not replaced. But it's always something, you know, as I go, oh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell her I need a break and then you're and then I go back and go, okay, I'm ready to go. You know what? Katarina is so much better. We get so much positive response from her. And we're good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what today's topic is, the law of reverse effect, which is... What happened to you? Yeah, you stop thinking about it and not stressing, but just like not really of mind. And it popped, all these things popped into your mind when you were... That's a big bug. That's a There's huge a big bug on the window. Yeah, I made a face and like, who is that guy? Turn around, I was like, oh, yeah. Yes, I mean, and again, when not necessarily, you know, okay, like when we're brainstorming or trying to think of new ideas, it's like, I think we've all been there with this. You know, if you try too hard, you will get in your own way, and it force, force. It's not fun, and it's not a good idea. You know. So, well, it plays out in different arenas of our lives. When you say that, I think immediately of the performance anxiety that people have in sports and athletics, and that's what brought me to the graph that I showed you. Right. So this is. Well, no, let's. I'm we'll, not jumping. We'll spoil the surprises. I know. I, I said the graph. This, very big. This yeah, really to me uh, blends itself to psychology a great deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to get a report done or a paper done in school or whatever. Yeah, there's also that, but trying to, to pass it. There's also that, you know, trying too hard or whatever. I think of sports most of the time when I school or when I like read about it and watch a little video. But first, we need to, I'm, go, I'm going to usher in a new, I guess, a word of the day. Mm-hmm. So the word of the day mm-hmm. is word. In honor of um, Pee Wee Herman, so remember Pee Wee's Playhouse. He had the word of the day. And yep. We're not going to yell when we hear the word of the day, but right. I'm just going to note that's the word of the day. And mm-hmm. when you think of that's first Batman. Batman. I remember dark and brooding, brooding Batman, and also John Snow was also known to brood once in a while. Heard about making the wrong decision. <laughs> now you know what to do. It was brooding. Yeah. Well, brooding came to mind because that was um, in the Lego movie, mm-hmm. specifically with Batman. Which was very good. The, Lego the Batman Lego movie. 
yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the original. Yeah. 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 Well, well, he was in that one, but then, yeah, then he did his own My Girl Batman thing. Oh, yeah? I think so. Okay. So I remember that he made a song and it was like, it was dark and funny. That was a good song. Yes. <laughs> a song, yeah. Dead parents. Yeah, it's dark and brooding. I don't use brooding enough in my life, so I'm gonna try to use it this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna integrate it into my life. Use whenever possible. I'm going to. Want to tell people? Even if it doesn't apply, you're just gonna say, "Are you brooding?" Yeah, just to say. It. Just to say it. Let's right. see how many times we can do that. Okay. As always, we have quotes of the day. Why don't you go first? Mine's a surprise for you. Okay. Actually, there's two. Well, then, yeah. We allow that. Well, I'm in charge. We do what we want. <laughs> we do it around. Our fatigue is often caused not by work, but by worry, frustration, and resentment. That is by Dale Carnegie. So the reason I chose this is because it reminded me of the worry that I mentioned to you about, I have to say, the unproductive worry and the productive worry. And when? I'll define the difference between them. But like people spend an inordinate amount of time worrying and it can cause a lot of fatigue mental fatigue because of the worry because the stress response because your cortisol levels shoot up and that's exhausting that happens we talked a little bit about this in this one of our 59 shows about worrying and how that is quotes from all those worrying is a waste of good imagination. We're imagining some craziness. Now, yeah. might might be just worrying about, you know, how to pay mortgage. Well, that's that's not like you know, you're not coming up with, but if your you know your your imagination isn't running wild, you're just you have an objective. You're trying to worrying about how to deal with fun and what have you. But like it could be about, well, then he's probably going to see this, and then he's probably thinking that, and then you're worrying about things that you made up in your head that most likely aren't even true. Right. When people have anxiety disorders, they really get into catastrophizing and assuming and getting stuck with what ifs. And it causes a lot of imaginative, very creative, very creative imagination, which lends to this next quote. Mm -hmm. There were many terrible things in my life and most of them never happened. Is this from a a book or? Um, I don't know. It's Michel de Montagne. Michel. French. So he's Russian. Oh, French. French man, Michelle, yeah. He's Russian, it sounds like Russian. So that's exactly catastrophizing. Many terrible things in your life that have happened in your mind, most of them never happened. We're showing more over Germany. Yeah. If I were coming to your office, well, my childhood was like, like oh, it wasn't really. You know, or you, you have a perception of it in your head, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't probably all that bad. Or maybe, you know, just... Not as perceived as bad by other people, by ten times worse. That's always the case too. Uh huh. Sure. It's a matter of perspective. Yeah. People feel guilty about that. Like they'll come in and say they had this significant childhood emotional neglect or you know trauma, little t trauma, and they're like, "Well, I shouldn't be worrying about this because I had it worse." Right. What would if they are you know open share that with you? You know, I just want to let you know I've had a really bad history in the world like isn't that more for you to do the thing because they're like it's almost like they're coming up with an they're the reason why they are the way they are like you know i mean if they're just coming out with this information like point blank range are you skeptical sometimes when they do that or you just take it at face value and it depends on the individual 
depends on the individual. I guess that that's like a judgment on their end. Yeah. It's open to exploration of what that means or terrible means or painful means. Like the bug's still there. Wow. I'm getting scared. Like, turn around. Nah, he just wants to be on air. Don't turn around. We can invite him in. I don't know if he'll say much. Right, be quiet. He's bugging out. He's bugging out. He's <laughs> All right, my quote is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And think rate just ever was think rate was ever achieved out means. And you know, you need to be psyched, inspired, pumped, amped by something in you know, a song. Anything to kind of, you know, get you going and again, yeah, that's how I interpret it as you know, like you need enthusiasm. Not only if you have enthusiasm, you're going to uh, maybe go up and better creatively. Mm-hmm. Now being motivated. Yeah. I know there are some people in business world that try to incorporate that with their employees, like what Google does with all their, what's wrong with your coffee? I think I, I microwave my oat milk too much. Usually a minute does it, but it got all weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks all like ready. Should I not drink it? No. Tastes weird. If that tastes okay, then it's fine. <laughs> um, guess we'll find out. Yeah, or, or Warren Buffett, right? Doesn't Warren Buffett uh, always preach about treating your employees, you get out of your employees what you give them. Uh, maybe so, 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 you For know, boosting he, morale. You yeah. know what that reminded me of? Remember last night's episode of Parks and Rec? Went down. We watched watch um, reruns. Yeah, we don't have anything right now to watch. So. Well, I watched Black Mirror and it was lost. There are some cool ones in this season. So Tom Haverford and then John Ralphio have that company. <laughs> they treat their employees well. They pay them yeah, well. Like the they have to give away iPads. One girl's getting $100,000 to sit at a desk and do Just her nails. So pretty, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And they have basketball players that like famous basketball yeah. players there. They, they treat their employees well. They do. I don't know what they do. <laughs> they have but no they idea do. what their business is. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. Reminded me of that. So yes. I tie stuff in. Hmm? So when we talked about this all of reverse effect, you brought up what was known as, you kind of teased it, productive worry and unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about it. Okay. I don't have my cheat sheet. Okay, in front of me. So this is a worksheet in the Anxiety and Worry Workbook. I generally unproductive worry is future oriented. Sitting with the what ifs, sitting with the what ifs in the future, right? Like just ruminating about what may or may not happen, and it could be something that is like far out, like nothing that's super imminent. So focusing on distant imagined what-if scenarios, focus on imagined problems that we have little control or ability to influence. So thinking of things you can't control is unproductive, particularly people. I would like to control people, but I cannot, especially when I'm driving. People get in my way. Yeah, Yeah, like people get in my way. So I've accepted that I can't control certain things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tendency with catastrophizing to focus on how upset we would feel if the worry concern actually happens. This is what happens with anxiety disorders like OCD and generalized anxiety disorder is focusing on how bad they would feel. So one of my techniques for that is then what? People are like, what? What do you mean? What then what? So you get upset, this thing happens, and then what do you do? I don't know. Just think through it. No, then what? Well, then I would do this, and then I would do that. And we talk through how to cope with that. Also, relentless pursuit 
of a sense of safety and certainty about the imagined outcome. One of the problems with warriors is inability to accept uncertainty and intolerance of uncertainty. Very narrow, exaggerated focus on imagined or worst case scenarios, feeling of helplessness to cope with worry situation, high levels of anxiety, and failure to accept any solution that doesn't guarantee success. So 100% of the time you should want to hear 100% guarantee that it's going to be okay. I don't know about you, but there's really not much in life that's guaranteed. Yeah. That part reminds me of Ever Split the Dip, where your boss person, okay, that 90% of chance I'm going to give you a hundred dollars or there's a six chance I'm going to give you like $50,000. Don't go with the 90 because it's a higher, you know, they, they oh, that's pretty much yeah, they go with the higher right. percentage, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, because they feel a sense of safety and guarantee. It's closer to one hundred percent. Right. Well, yeah, and they want that for everything, and it's just mm-hmm. right. And usually, my examples for this is nothing is known, like technically, like you and I walk out. Right, you might order that chicken, and it's terrible. Yeah, and you eat it just because it's good enough, and you're starving. Or you walk out the door, and anything could happen. You could have bad things could happen. Mm-hmm. Like we take risks all day. And wake up, you know, and then now now you're up. Now you gotta go back to sleep. I mean, what? anything anything <laughs> yeah. You can dock it a good night's sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You could, you know, people generally worry about safety What if something happens to my loved one? It's a car accident, whatever. So I remind people that they take risk every day. They're just honing in on this one particular risk taking. So productive worry, like I told you yesterday, is attached to a behavior. So if you're worried about, like I mentioned to you yesterday of cancer, sitting and worrying and telling me, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, is useless. And I would probably get sick of hearing it. I would, with a behavior. No, yeah. By the way, that's how Pee Wee I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. dying of cancer, yeah. Well, I would say, Anthony, like, do something about it. Go call the doctor and have something in your realm of control. What is it you can control? So focusing on problem solving, focusing on impending problems in the near future that you have or influence. Focus on more immediate realistic problems, not ones. Willingness to tolerate uncertainty, reasonable levels. of You feel a greater degree of self-confidence and ability to cope. This then helps with lower anxiety and distress, gives you a more broader balance. Five different exercises with my whiteboard. So that is a, a cool takeaway from the Anxiety and Worry Workbook. And I have people check list. Like, okay, what are you worrying about? Is it these bullet points? What's next? Yerks. Yerkes, Yerks, Yerkes, and Dodson. Yerks, Dodson. Yerks, Dodson's Law of Arousal and Performance. Right. <clears throat> Do you know this or no? No, it's not what I thought it was going to be about, unfortunately. But I, sometimes I have a perverse mind. You go ahead and talk about arousal and performance. Yeah. So these guys, I assume men, we'll say men, created this. It's kind of, it looks like a bell curve. So what they suggest, their law, is that there's a relationship between performance and arousal. So increased arousal can help improve performance, but only up to a certain point. At the point where arousal becomes excessive, performance diminishes. There's like an you know, inverse relationship between you kind of worry too much or you're too over mm-hmm. then performance starts to go down. Uh, let me do some 
interject. Everybody can Google this so you get the visual of what and I just checked, yes, um, Robert and Yerks and John and Long time. They were men. They were so, men. Yeah. So you can Google this, Yerks, Dotson, Law, Bell Curve. So low levels of arousal is a link to decreased interest, like kind of like, I don't really care. I don't really want to do this. You have to care a little bit to pass that test or to make that basket. Right. Or to get up in the morning, you have to care a little bit. But there is like a tipping point. There's like a at the top of the bell curve, like a an optimal level where performance increases and arousal increases, but not too much. So a lot of people tip over into the high level of arousal, anxiety, or stress, and then the impaired performance. That's again sports. That's what a lot of games criticize athletes about having this love mm-hmm. of the game still it's a job and you're just getting paid you're you know yeah i want to win but end all beat all i think sometimes some fans think that maybe not every athlete is giving their utmost best mm-hmm. because how do they know they listen to a lot of uh, sports no, no. radio not you how do the fans know? oh they don't that's just that's they can't read well they, they know this is Fans on WIP everything. They can't I'm just minds. telling you what they. Can hear you. You told yeah. me. Yeah, I think you talked about that. Yeah. Or I listened to it. I was listening. You probably were listening yeah. to it on the way to dinner because I was listening to it a little bit. But, fans yeah. complaining that they're not getting the full show, yeah. what their money's worth. Yeah, well, uh, we just you know Trey Turner is uh, not having a great season, and he just signed a eleven-year deal. I think three hundred million dollars. Like, it's hard to play in Philly, but still. Not having a great season, and he's normally you know, only three hundred hitter, and he's batting two. So, and so uh, people conclude he doesn't care. No, they they conclude he doesn't care, or it's like they get on like you better perform, like it's their money that they're paying, you know, or whatever. But yeah, I think there's lot, again, he's a great example of. I think he's trying to, you yeah. know, maybe he great. I hope you're listening. So stop trying so hard. Just relax and stop it and give yourself a chance. Okay. <laughs> I think that people falsely believe that they have control over this. I paid money for this seat, so I therefore should have an outcome. Yeah, I mean, they paid for the seat. They can do what they can criticize, and, and they have the right. They have the right. They, I mean, they, you can do whatever you want. You probably pay for your seat. Probably unproductive worry, though. Yeah, but it's their vice, right? Yeah. It's, they, you know, it's just like you know, the Romans like to watch people get killed by a lot. Yeah. So, so you know, we're getting a little bit better as uh, he, he, he evolved a little. Right. Here's a, I have I found a really great example of a person bring and did very very well. This is an extreme, probably never ever going to happen. Occurrence. Week of nature. It's a little worth worth uh, winning. So, same example in history. Not trying your hardest. Bring to about an objective, a man by the name of Ellis, who was a leader for the Pirates. And on June 12th, 19, he was a, he was a slightly above average pitcher. Special, but, you know. And um, on June 12th, 19, he did something he should be completely impossible, or it wasn't. He pitched a no-hitter at being high as a kite on acid. <laughs> and um, he was interviewed about this after he was, yep. And he says he just did. And I think the story was 
He did the acid. He didn't think it was his day to pitch. And so, of course, he's with this in the dugout watch anyway. And he, I guess something happened. And they're like, oh, we need you to pitch. And he's like, what? Oh, okay. And they didn't drug test. And no, not 70s. 70s. No. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's just, oh, he's just acts loopy all the time. That's his doc, you know. That's hard to do, I imagine. Oh, yeah. We probably just. He walked eight batters, I think. Hit hit a pitcher. Hit a hit a batter. Yeah, uh, but he, nobody got a hit off. Wow. Yeah, and he pitched all night because he wasn't trying too hard. No, he, he yeah. was sure as hell was. <laughs> yeah. He's just like I wasn't. Even, it's like I wasn't even supposed to pitch today. So, oh, right. I have a game. Do we have anything until elephant thing? Oh no, again. I'm sorry. So there's this this reverse effects, right? Is basically this idea that again, if you're trying too hard, you're gonna it's gonna have the opposite effect or reverse effect of doing poorly when performance. And the example that comes to mind is that of the you can say white elephant or pink elephant. So don't think of a pink elephant. Oh my gosh, which just popped into your mind? Mm-hmm. Pink elephant, right? Because tried hard not. So your reverse effects. It's from that book that you read. And was it from the book you're reading? No. The author was in the same author? Oh, oh, God. He talks, oh, uh, Robert Greene. Oh, yeah. He talks, I mean, he touches on everything. Uh, he touched on it. Yeah. It wasn't a, like a full chapter. Mm-hmm. I was it not on that one. Mm-hmm. The other book I'm reading right now, because he was just talking about Envy, and now he's talking about, maybe he was. Alice and Grandiosity. Grandiosity. It's about the laws, the laws of human nature and how we read people and all wear masks. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's my game. It's, oh, I thought of this in honor of the beauty. 80s Dead or Alive. So I'm going to give you an 80s. I think we played Dead or Alive recently, like in the last six months, right. and he was alive. So oh, we wait, did I, was he born in the Right, he was alive because we said dead or alive, and it was called Ruben. Well, I'm not Ruben's. going to listen. I'm not going. Right, <laughs> that's a lay. Yeah, that um, is a lay. Yeah. All right, so he was only seventy. He died of cancer. All right, here you go. Ready? Mm-hmm. You remember? Boom, boom. Falco. Falco. Okay, yeah. is Falco dead? <laughs> wasn't there a band called Dead or Alive too? Wasn't it? No. Oh, his band. You spinning me right. Oh, that around. band. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. that is called Dead or Alive. Yeah, it's, and they were in the eighties. I should have googled them. The, the lead singer might do that before the end of the Falco. All right. Dead or Alive. Again, he's an obscure eighties <laughs> yeah. reference where you like I, I have love, no clue. No, I absolutely love that song. I, I know you. Do. That's why you remember that. Yeah. Did. Dead. He's Falco oh, um, dying. He. Okay, I don't know. I didn't look into every obituary, but he died in 1990. Oh, I know. Where were you? (laughs) Where was I in 1990? All right, next. We have iconic 80s film writer and beyond. I'm Shears. Right. Alive? He's dead. 2009. He was probably like in his 50s. What did he read? Late 40s, Breakfast Club, Green Pink, Piggy, Fierce Bueller's Day Off. What's that comment? Emilio Estevez. He's alive. He is alive. He was, I saw him. You sound like I saw him at the supermarket the other day. Yeah, I saw him the other day. I saw him in the bank. (laughs) He was at the window next to me. (laughs) Sorry. We would have heard about that. 
Yeah, we will. Okay. Yeah. Next up, back to the not round. Oh, Christopher no. Boyd. Christopher Is Lee. he alive? I think we did this once with this man. Alive? He's alive. Eighty-four years young. Nice. Which I hate. I hate. I just did what I hate to like. Didn't you? Eighty-four years young. Mm. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, Everything's falling apart. Christopher Lloyd would be like, uh, yeah. Ain't for you. Oh. All right. It's a wrestler that may or may not have heard of the Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik, I've heard of. There you go. Okay. Sheiky baby. Is that what he's going He died in 2023, this year. Died recently. Yeah, I know. I was going to say die. Oh, I thought you did say die. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No. But you were right. No, I think I knew he died. Okay. Next up, Laura Branigan. Colin Gloria. Gloria. She's like a one hit wonder. She was a one hit wonder. Alive? He died in 2004. I got one. But her career died way before that. That's where her dad was. That's like Jewel, like that roast of Jewel. Oh my God. That was so mean. That was terrible. Her career died, right? No, no. I think the line was when she was broke. Somebody's roasting. Somebody had her. Oh, Dana Carvey had the line of Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe was addicted to sex. So. But he, uh, he overcame it by becoming less famous. Right. <laughs> exactly. I have one for you. This yeah. is an easy one. Tina Turner. <laughs> I know. She's our lady. She's my. Now I'm going to have Corey Feldman's alive. Right. Yeah. Corey He Hain. just wrote a book. Corey Hain's dead. Okay. So you yeah. so know the Corey's. Know which Corey's alive and which Corey's dead. I Very watched good. a bunch of Corey Feldman YouTube videos about like abuse and, and all in a book maybe that was coming out or okay. I don't know, he wrote it and he met you know he talks a lot about he, he i heard tell that i heard around the water and hole that uh, he makes accusations about charlie sheen yeah and nobody cares i, nobody cares. <laughs> no, I, I but like I, and that but like the, they're not nobody back, nobody backs him up or nobody yeah. has some and, and like some people thought it was just like a way to kind of well, he said he was going to go into hiding. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he mentioned some executives too, like producers and directors and stuff. Like that. Well, you know, hey. Got anybody else that are in there? Right. Todd Bridges. I said it all the time. Okay. I'm sure is he alive or is he? He's alive. He is alive. Dana Plato is dead. Yeah. Um, Gary Coleman is dead. And yeah. I'm pretty sure Mr. Drummond and Mrs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all dead. Todd Bridges is still alive and looking for work. Where are they? You know, where are they now? <laughs> he is running a enterprise in Pasadena. Could be. He'd be good. He could have an HGTV show. What kind of car you need? No good. <laughs> um, now, one of the Beastie Boys, the other two are along. Right. Which one? Ricky. It is Adam Young. Oh, I'm seeing you don't have uh, Yeah, you got it. And that's why they don't floor anymore. Nope. Not without him. Yeah. They were a trio. Um, Schroeder. He's alive. He is alive. <laughs> Again. I know. He, he was sitting, he, he was driving around with Emilio. He was, he was riding shotgun. All right. And finally, Emmanuel Lewis. He died. He's alive. What? Remember Jason Bateman was talking about how he was buddies with Emmanuel Lewis? No. I think we were watching that little. Where's the drillman? No. No, no, we were watching that little clip I found on YouTube where Jimmy Fallon's talking to him. Or no, no, Jimmy Kimmel. Anyway, Jimmy Kimmel's talking about yes. yeah, Webster is alive. Webster, that's right. That's all I The reason I said dead is because I didn't know if little people have a shorter lifespan. Well, 
Yeah, this terrible song. Yeah. How you're older than me. He's middle-aged. Yeah. I'm not. No. The definition <laughs> of middle-aged no. is 45 and over. No, that's not it. In fact, yeah, that's very much it. That isn't. <laughs> Google's wrong. Google is wrong, huh? There's no historical fact to that. No, it's wrong, just like the BMI calculator for at the doctor's office. That's old. And the stone pyramid. Nobody reads that. It's based on falsity. Mm -hmm. You know that pyramid I'm talking about? The old food pyramid? Like, we grew up with that. Now, I'll show you. I remember nutrition, you know? What? The nutrition. These cartoons. Oh, the cartoons. Oh, I'll show you. You'll recognize it when I show you. So there's a lot of things that are wrong, and that's one of them. Okay. Well, as always, yeah, we have a list. We're re we have a reboot of lists. Yeah, it's hard in the summer. It's hard. We're busy, and it's hard to, you know, be noted. We have low arousal. <laughs> we have low motivation. Yeah, no, and we're busy. We're busy people. Busier in the summer, see. Busy. We're busy. We're busy people. <laughs> I was just mm. We're busy, busy people. kind of people. We're busy. We have a lot of voices. Mm -hmm. I was doing a voice the other day, and I don't even know what it was. We do voices. I make we voices. each other. Yeah. Our kids are like, whatever. <laughs> we just do voices. They don't care. Mm -hmm. I sing songs to my dogs. Well, the caffeine's kicking in. I got a little energy from that weird oat milk mix of vanilla latte. But not Is the bug still behind? Nah. Okay. He's he might be out there. You know, my lights didn't turn on. Oh no. Something didn't work. You know why? Because uh, I moved it. Well the the lights I didn't put on the timer and you know, like the lanterns I moved. You're wrong. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Oh neuronic. All right. As always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more. Happy's number sixty. It's way over the hill at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycpt.com. Email us, please, if you have any questions. <laughs> Info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.